Hello, Marvelites who are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 554, and I'm Ryan Panagos, aka Agent M. And I'm Agents of Toilets, Lorraine Singh. We did it, everyone. Congratulations. USA. USA. Yes, we celebrated the 4th of June by unboxing, unleashing Flushy the Toilet in a barbecue in my backyard that Lorraine was at. If you guys haven't been following, we purchased a prop toilet from the show Marvel's Punisher, which you can now watch on Disney+. Plus. We very stupidly decided to buy a prop toilet that's made of foam. This toilet's seen some shit, You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it is really toilet. well done. It is so gross looking, but it is beautifully constructed by the props team from Marvel's The Punisher. And we had like 20 friends of ours there and some kids and stuff. And this giant box that has been sitting in my backyard for months. I was like, Lorraine, we have to do it. And in the middle of the barbecue, we had eaten a little food. And I was like, it's time. Matt Rosenberg, comic book writer and lovely human being, (laughs) held the phone so that we could live stream it from Ryan's Instagram. He specifically requested not to be given credit. So I am definitely going to make sure that is a great thing. I'm glad you said that, Lorraine. I love that it's June the 4th. It's Independence Day of the toilet. (laughs) Oh, and I did mean to tell you, you know, we were talking about putting eyes on the toilet to make it a little more anthropomorphic. And I do have some big googly eyes, mm. like, you know, the the eyes that you can stick on things. Yes. I have some big ones that you use for your house during Halloween, but I think those would be perfect for Fleshy. Yes. So I'm going to dig them out of my Halloween box. Please. And we're going to bring this toilet to life. I don't know who specifically created Flushy, but I want to shout out the various props people from Marvel's Punisher. David Branham, Daniel Columby, Jerry DeRogatis. Dave Major, Noreen Souza Bailey, Thomas DeLuca, and the whole props team over on Marvel's Punisher for helping create it. Whomever did it, thank you for giving life to Flushy. Oh, and if you want to hear where this inspiration came from, you can listen to our interview with Brian Crosby and Chuck Costas. I believe it's episode 528 from December 10th. Go listen to that because you hear us realize in the moment that we could buy this toilet as we're looking through the prop store pamphlet. And this is where Flushy was born. We posted on our social media. So if you are like, I need to see this toilet now, you can go to at Agent M and at Lorraine Sink on Twitter and Instagram to see our posts and share it. And Marvel's Polis producer and co-host Jasmine Estrada, Jasmiest at Jasmiest. But this isn't this week in toilets. <laughs> this isn't this week in toilets. This isn't this week in toilets. But this isn't this week in toilets. This is This Week in Marvel. Not This Week in Toilets, eh? We'll see about that now that I, Flushy the Toilet, have been released and will wreak my flushy havoc all over the world. This is This Week in Marvel, where we talk about what's happening this week in Marvel, whether it's games, comics, movies, TV, whatever we're excited about. Obviously, that's mostly fleshy the toilet, but there's also a lot of great stuff going on this week. Yes, and we are continuing to celebrate Pride Month. There's some really cool Pride stuff happening on Marvel.com. There's a Pride character spotlight. This week is America Chavez, which is super fun. We're going to have Toby Donovan from the hit Netflix series Heartstopper, which is just a bomb 
for the soul. And of course, it is a huge flipping week because it is the kickoff of Marvel Studios' Ms. Marvel. Episode 1 is now available exclusively on Disney+. Plus. And yes, yes, yes. Lorraine, what you think of the first episode? It was so good. If you guys love the comic series, the first episode, I think, really brings the series to life. It, it, it really gave me the same feeling that I got when I read the first issue of that book. It's hard for me because I am really close to Sana Amanath, who, of course, was one of the co-creators, was an editor on the book, is now an executive producer on the series. And I feel so much of Sana in the series that there's something about my heart that, like, I literally, honestly, during the first episode, got really, really choked up mm. because there was a part of me that was like, I am seeing slices of Sana's family. I'm seeing slices of people I know. And it made me really emotional. But that being said, it's so funny. It's so delightful. There's some guy in it with a mustache that I thought was interesting, but I I couldn't place him. I was like, who is he? Who is he? God, I've seen him somewhere. USA all the way. I have made my Marvel Cinematic Universe debut everyone um he's uh, gonna be intolerable now you guys as if i wasn't intolerable before (laughs) come on lorraine (laughs) you've known me a long time this is the last straw this was it (laughs) now it's over for me (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was such a cool experience a big huge thank you to the aforementioned sana amanath who texted me randomly one day was like hey do you want to be in marvel studios ms marvel and i was like so huh what is that she explained that there was a role for an announcer in the Avenger Con that goes on in the first episode, like a stage announcer doing a cosplay event, and asked if I wanted to do it. The entire Marvel Studios team has just been wonderful about everything, and so giving me this little thing is, it's pretty special. I'll say that. It's pretty great. The Marvel.com team asked me to do a little Q&A about my experience on the set. So that should be going up hopefully this week. When I was walking through and seeing Sana in, you know, one of the chairs, you know, the those crew chairs, laptop on her lap, giving notes, like reading scripts, doing like being big boss woman, I was so proud and so happy for her. It's like this is where she is. This is she's just ruling the roost and it was awesome to see. Also just watching this series, I've met Sana's parents in, in the past, very in passing, but I know a lot of stories about her parents through just Sana telling wonderful stories about her parents because she's really close with her family. And her father passed fairly recently, and there is so much of her father in the show that every time I think about it, I'm done. <laughs> I get so emotional. It's such a tribute to him and his wonderful character like it felt so real at multiple times watching the series i was just like to myself i could have a whole series of just kamala's family absolutely absolutely so go watch the first episode now only on disney plus it's so good look out for new episodes on wednesdays also there's going to be a list of every song in episode one on marvel.com and i have to say like this series has such great music And there is some AvengerCon merch. You can go check it out over on the Marvel website. There's a bunch of cool stuff over there. So go check it out. I'm really excited to see people like doing AvengerCon 
at like San Diego. And if you want even more Marvel Studios Ms. Marvel content, you should go listen to one of our sister podcasts. This week's episode of Women of Marvel is all about Marvel Studios Ms. Marvel. And of course, it's available on the SiriusXM app, Marvel Podcasts Unlimited, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go listen to some fun interviews talking about Ms. Marvel over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be talking about Marvel Studios Ms. Marvel for the next bunch of weeks, of course. More Marvel Studios on Disney Plus because we got the first poster for Marvel Studios. I am Groot this week. Amazing little poster of Lil Groot chilling. He's got his headphones on. He's got sunglasses. He's got a little Bev. He's got some little neighbors with him hanging out, looking at him. It is adorable looking. And this is for the Marvel Studios I Am Groot collection of original shorts, which premiere August 10th exclusively on Disney Plus. It's going to be super duper cool. Yeah, I'm super excited to see them. That little group, what a little scamp. Oh my gosh. Also, super cool stuff on Disney+. Plus. It was recently announced that Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness will arrive on Disney+, Plus exclusively later this month, so soon, June 22nd. Yeah, go watch it. It's the best. So fun. We won't stop talking about Marvel Studios because... In just one month, the Space Viking returns. Marvel Studios' Thor Love and Thunder arrives in theaters on July 8th, but you don't have to wait until then to start preparing for the cosmic adventure. Tickets for the film go on sale Monday, June 13th. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of Thor, happy birth Thor day. <laughs> Berthur day? Berthur day. Berthur. <laughs> because it is, of course, Thor's 60th birthday. I think it's so cool that Marvel Studios' Thor Love and Thunder is falling so close, kind of in the same summer birthday section as his comic book birth 60 beautiful years ago. Of course, we're talking about his first appearance in Journey into Mystery number 83 in the story The Mighty Thor and the Stone Men from Saturn. The comic was released June 5th of 1962. Cover date was August of 1962, which, Ryan, uh, can you explain kind of why those dates are arrange yeah it, it's a weird thing from what i remember cover date is you display it until a certain time and then you can like send it back for returns it's an old magazine publishing thing that is just sort of like been grandfathered into magazines and comic books over time so it has less relevance now it's just one of those things so like yeah whenever you see a, a cover date of a month in comics it's usually that it was put in people's hands two to three months prior to that it's a strange old thing but um yeah as far as we know june 5th was the date when it was copywritten so that's where we where we look to give it that date yeah kind of like when you have your magazine subscription and they always send you like your august magazine comes in july kind of like that but it just means that thor gets to party all summer long it's hot thor summer hot and, thor summer yeah. baby and of course look out for more thor comics more Thor goodness throughout the year, and of course, a big movie. You know, there was some cool news this week that I saw from our pal Danny Koo over on the Marvel Games team. He tweeted that it's official big congrats to Marvel Future Revolution for winning the Apple Design Award 2022 in the innovation category, which is really awesome. Yeah. 
Also, we've got new news for Marvel's Midnight Suns. There is a new trailer that is over on Marvel.com and the Marvel YouTube channel, which freaking rules. There's some Chathon in there. There's some surprise um, heroes and villains who have been demonized. It is a banger. I'm so excited to play this game. And now you can go over to Midnight Suns, and that's Sun with a you like the one in the sky, not like a baby child that belongs to you is your son. So you can go over to midnightsuns.com and go pre-order the game. It is going to be available on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and Windows PC via Steam and the Epic Game Store. It'll be coming in the second half of this year, which is quickly approaching. Yeah, October is going to rule. You know, you and I were talking about Marvel Snap earlier, the new game that is coming to mobile. It's a CCG or a collectible card game where you collect cards and you use them to battle against an opponent. It's super duper fun. And this is the perfect time for us to call up more Kismet, who is a composer on the game, and talk a little bit about Marvel Snap. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. All right, here we go. Boop, 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 boop. Ring, ring. Twim phone. Ring, ring. Hello. Ring. Hi, hey, more. It's Lorraine and Ryan from This Week in Marvel. Hey. Oh, hey, what's up, girl? How you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Um, You know, we were just talking a little bit about Marvel Snap, and we wanted to ring you up and talk to you a little bit. Okay, awesome sauce. Well, I'd love to chat with you. Yeah, so this is the first time we're getting a chance to talk with you, so we'd love to know your Marvel origin story. What was the first way that you sort of encountered the Marvel Universe and its characters? So my general entry point into Marvel as a whole was obviously the comics. I love reading like Captain America and Iron Man comics with my Uncle Lester. He is like one of the biggest like comic book nerds in the family. And I just loved his general knowledge about it. And then when I was about like, I think seven or eight years old, we went to go see Iron Man together. And that was just like, an out-of-body experience and then like I have tried my level best to keep up with like every single Marvel movie that's ever come out since that point and I've pretty much just been like embedded into the MCU ever since that point so heck yeah and more you are a young person TM congrats on finishing high school thank you Uh It just goes to show what a talented person that you are because you're already creating amazing music. You're doing wonderful things. What got you into making music? First of all, thank you. Um, Secondly, I got into making music in part because I grew up in like a musically and creatively inclined family. You know, my mom used to be a professional singer before she had me. My dad used to be a music composer. And like, you know, everybody else in my family sings and draws and like, pursues other creative avenues and so it was kind of just like destined to be like if I wasn't in music I would have been in some other form of entertainment but I guess music just kind of spoke to me in that way and then another part of it was having rediscovered my love for electronic music particularly while I was in my computer science class in middle school I think that was kind of like my my key point in realizing oh shoot, maybe I should try and see if I can do this myself. And so that's pretty much what I've been doing the the past 11 years I've been working on music under more kismet is just trying to figure out if I can do that for myself, which at this given point in time, I can. 
Yeah. Heck yeah. What a way out of the gate to start right. with Marvel stuff. That's incredible. Thinking about electronic music, just because that term can be so broad. I mean, electronic music encompasses so much and so many different vibes and feelings and sounds. Do you have a specific genre that you would think your, your music tends to fall in under of electronic music? I would probably say electronic pop. And I think it's because of the fact that a lot of my music has a lot of aspects of what would be considered an electronic song, but it also is structured in the same way as a pop song. And then of course I have a lot of other elements from different parts of music that I grew up listening to with my parents and with my friends. So like a lot of my music is influenced by indie folk, R&B, jazz, like bubblegum pop even. Like just like having the same melody structured out, but then just like making it all weird and stuff and just making it unlistenable and listenable at the same time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that because, you know, you're stretching the boundaries of what music you can make, you know, with the touch of a finger on a computer, which is pretty incredible. So then how did you come to Marvel Snap? How did you get involved with the game? I mean... In theory, you were still in school when you were working on this, which is like still just blowing my mind. It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so the Marvel team and the second dinner team reached out to my manager, Anthony at Prodigy in like the middle of last year to inquire if I could write the track for their trailer. And so immediately because I was such like a huge Marvel stan, I immediately was like, yes. Yes, like, I was like, I don't know, like some weird, some weird demon at the end of a Marvel movie came out of me. And I was like, <laughs> let me be a part of this, please. And so from there, we got connected. We started having a lot of meetings with a lot of different people. You know, it was a lot of the people at Bite Dance, Second Dinner, and then Axis, the animation studio behind the trailer, trying to really nail what exactly it was they were aiming for with the vibe and the sound of the trailer and what they wanted to aim for as far as pushing it out to the masses and like encouraging people to go play the game. And one of the tracks that they said that was the reason why they wanted to reach out to me to compose the song was Flourish, which is my collaboration with Lack City, one of my best friends. He's a Bristol-based Zambian-born producer, one of the most insanely talented people I know. And that is one of the songs off of my album, Universe. And I was just like, really? That's like one of the weirdest songs off of my album. And that's what compelled you to reach out to me for a Marvel trailer. But I mean, I was just like, okay, now I know what you guys want to aim for. And I think this is attainable. And so from there, it was just month after month after month of fine tuning ideas, working on things, you know, a lot of times I had to ask some of my friends for help, but obviously because it's Marvel, I couldn't directly say, oh, hey, I'm working on a score for a Marvel trailer. Can you guys give me some help? I was just like, <laughs> yo, I'm working on this tune right now. Let me know what you guys think. Could you like help me figure something out with it? Like, what am I missing from this? And they helped me out. And so as you could probably imagine, the day the trailer came out, all of my friends who I hit up for feedback on it were like, this was for Marvel? And I was like, yeah, I couldn't tell you because it's Marvel, but like, you know, I'm like, oh my God. And like, obviously, like if I were being asked to give feedback on something that would later be going to Marvel, I would also like freak out. I would melt like a witch, but like it just, you know, it... <laughs> I would immediately be like, 
wow. That's just how they all felt in that moment. But I was like, I knew I would not have been able to get through that had it not been for me, like asking my friends for advice and for feedback. I'm like, how can I make this more energetic? How can I make this all seem cohesive, even with all the splits in between for the dramatic moments and all of the climaxes, you know, that was the one thing I was really trying to kind of mash out when I was writing the original concepts for the song. And I'm just really grateful that Second Dinner and Axis liked it. Watching the trailer that day was like such a proud moment for me because I'm like, this is the first time I've ever done anything like this. I've never scored anything before. I was learning how for my own projects, but like, this is amazing. <laughs> like, it's crazy to see <laughs> this thing that I made in this bedroom with the color changing light and everything being a part of something this big and you know it just truly made me so happy to be involved with that and i just truly thank second dinner bite dance and access for having me be a part of this and to marvel for you know even going through with it because i know that you know marvel is a big thing to so many people it's a big thing to me like marvel movies often are a lot of my escape from reality it's my way of like envisioning these gigantic unreal concepts painted in like a real light like you can actually see this happening and it's so crazy but it's so intriguing and it's so entertaining and that's why i love marvel stuff so much because because of that feeling that those movies and the comics and the characters give you and it was just amazing you know, you mentioned the game and sort of scoring to the game. What was your sort of interaction like with the game? Have you gotten to play it? Or did you kind of get to talk with the game developers about how it functioned to inform the way you write? And what, what did that look like for you? Over the meetings, I did actually get to speak to some of the people who work at the development company, Second Dinner. They did kind of explain to me how the game would work, although they were still in like the developmental stages, like the final developmental stages of the game because they like had a specific target launch date. So I think from there, it was really just a matter of trying to get things together as best as I could. I haven't gotten a chance to play the game yet, unfortunately. See, here's the thing, like my mind gets addicted to things like that very easily. I mean, it's real good. I want everyone to play it, but like, yeah, <laughs> you're gonna be there for like four hours that first time you turn it on and I've been trapped on other games for much longer than that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you get it. So more, do you have a favorite Marvel character? I would have to say it is a three-way tie between Captain America, Somnus, and the Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch is hands down like one of my favorite characters, but Somnus is the character that I want to play. And then of course, Captain America is like a very close second. So yeah. Heck yeah. Obviously, you have your three faves, but if you had one character that you were going to create a whole soundtrack for, who would you want to write music for? Somnus. Immediately Somnus. Because I think like it would definitely push me outside of my comfort zone with where I'm currently at with my production. And I love that. I'm always up for a good challenge, especially when it comes to music production, like to kind of sit down and genuinely think about who Somnus is as a person, who they are as a hero. I think I would have a wonderful time like scoring a soundtrack for them or writing like a whole album based around their character and their powers and just how great they are. So 
Yeah. One last question on the show. We yeah, obviously it's pride right now as we're recording and we're all excited. And we had a question of the week, which was if you could go to pride parade with any one Marvel character, who would it be? And now I'm going to say, you cannot say Somnus. Damn. Damn. <laughs> no. Because that's, that's a given. Somnus will be there, of course, I'm sure. Of course. But okay. in addition, who else is going with you? I would say it would it would be a five-person group. It would be me, Storm, the Winter Soldier, Hulk, and Dark Phoenix. Whoa. I think I think we just yeah. <laughs> do not mess with me. Make way for me. This Literally. is our parade. <laughs> Literally. Just I think I think it's it's a very chaotic group and it is all mostly X-Men, but you know. Amazing. I want to go to your party. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone is welcome. <sighs> all right. Well, Thank you so much for taking some time to hang out and talk with us about all the wonderful things you're doing and Marvel Snap. And of course, everybody, go check out your album. Yeah. Um, when is it coming out? My debut album, Universe, is coming out on June 24th at midnight Eastern Standard Time via Thrive Music, which is a subsidiary of Universal Music Group. It is a project that I have been working on for the past five years. It features so many incredible friends and was written by a lot of people that are like current faves in like the pop world and the electronic world. And I just genuinely think it would be a great listen, especially for a lot of Marvel fans, because it is a very bright and energetic album. And Marvel is all about bringing energy and bringing action to film and television and sound and i just think it would be a really great project overall again june 24th it would mean the world to me if you did and thank you guys again so much for having me on this was so amazing i have never gotten a chance to nerd out this much and i love it i've never <laughs> been happier oh <laughs> uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us more and if you want to learn more about Marvel Snap, go over to marvelsnap.com. There is beta that has just opened up for Android users. Sign up started just recently. So head over there, click the links, do the thing, play Marvel Snap because it's the most fun. Get in the beta. The current deck that I have is all about discarding my own cards to make them stronger. Like there's a Nova card, Rich Rider. And if you destroy that card, he gives energy to all your other cards. So then I use Carnage and I kill Nova and then Nova gives energy to everyone else. Also, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur have separate cards, but they really complement each other. There's a lot of strategy and I, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with this game. All right, let's move along. Also, it's so great because you can play a match in like two minutes. So yeah. it's so easy to just log in and be like, click, click, click. Let's do a couple games. Well, I've got mm -hmm. five minutes. Yeah. If you folks are looking to learn a little bit more about Ironheart, a.k.a. Riri Williams, there's a really fun explainer up over on Marvel.com or the Marvel YouTube channel called Meet Ironheart, parentheses, Riri Williams. I am biased because I wrote it, but it is a really fun little retelling of her story. Also, one of my friends, Monique, does the voice for it, and she's fabulous. So go and watch it, listen to it, learn. I love looking at all the comments on YouTube and how people, as soon as we post something, are like making theories and it's my absolute favorite. Ooh. I'm like, what are you thinking? Tell me. That's super fun. I love that. Ooh, we've got some really cool updates for Avengers versus X-Men versus Eternal Judgment Day, aka Axe, because this week we heard about three new one-shots coming out 
Axe Avengers, Axe X-Men, and Axe Eternals. All three will be written by sweet boy Kieran Gillen, friend of the show, and they'll take place between issues five and six of Axe Judgment. So these are kind of super duper big important issues for the entire story. They all involve this big mission to penetrate into the progenitor celestial and shut it down. And fitting into the Judgment Day style of things, each issue represents a judgment for one key character, Tony Stark, Jean Grey, and Ajax, respectively, for Avengers, X-Men, and Eternals. So get ready for this. All three of these will be coming this fall. Axe Avengers will be in September, and Axe X-Men and Axe Eternals will be in October. Amazing art teams, Federico Vicentini on Avengers, Francesco Mobley on X-Men, and Pasquale Ferry on Eternals. Get hyped. Get ready. I have one judgment per issue on all of these characters as well. First, Tony Stark. Facial hair, not as good as he thinks it is. Jean Grey. Blows up planets when she has a bad day. Actually, I feel kind of seen by that same. Um, and Ajax, funny hat. That's it. <laughs> Those yeah. are my judgments. You got judged. <laughs> there is a free digital Hellfire Gala 2022 official guide that breaks down the star-studded guest list, as well as who they will be wearing for that evening. The guide also offers information about the attendees, such as their updated role in Krakoan society or reason for attending. Uh, of course, the X-Men Hellfire Gala is on sale July 13th in the guide. There's going to be some really cool stuff, including the variant covers, which are just beautiful and fabulous. Fan and favorite. Incredible. Yeah, just we love those. Some of the variants include art by Jen Bartel, Inhyuk Lee, Russell Dodderman, Chris Pachalo, Carmen Carnero, and much, much more. But of course, X-Men Hellfire Gala number one, written by Jerry Duggan with art by Chris Anka, Russell Dodderman, Matteo Loli, and CF Via on sale July 13th. That is just about a month away. Can't wait. Just announced this week is New Mutants number 30 coming this September, which is also commemorating the team's 40th anniversary. It is a big giant size issue celebrating this book, which the series right now is so dang good. So this issue is crafted by series writer Vita Ayala, who they have been doing such spectacular work on this series. Seriously, go read it all on Marvel Unlimited. We call it a mosaic love letter dedicated to the mutant youngsters who have become the beacon and hope of a new generation of X-Men. So it's cool. It's going to have all kinds of characters in it and have artwork from a whole bunch of folks in different short stories, including Alex Linz, Jason Liu, Emma Kubert, and more. It's going to really span the the four decades there's also a deadpool story that's going to be a whole fourth wall breaking thing written by Alyssa wong because while we have so many different types of stories that happened in new mutants that's where you know deadpool debuted which is wild to remember also bob mcleod who was the uh one of the co-creators of the series is coming back to do a variant cover it's all really really neat it's going to be on sale in september also coming up, Love Unlimited with Ms. Marvel and Red Dagger. It's going to be a new Infinity comic series. You know, our favorite scrolling vertical comics that we have only on Marvel Unlimited. And it is kicking off with Ms. Marvel and Red Dagger having a story. Red Dagger first appeared in Ms. Marvel number 12 in 2016. So go read those stories. Go back and read those first few trades of Ms. Marvel that really set up her story 
in such a wonderful way. 10 out of 10, a great read. And then go read Ms. Marvel and Red Dagger. So fun. Here's a little uh, something something about what the series is. Romance and heartbreak, tension and drama, angst and elation. Love Unlimited has it all. This Infinity Comics series dives deep into the lives and loves of some of Marvel's most swoon-worthy characters and relationships. From delightfully dreamy to spectacularly sultry, Love Unlimited has a story for everyone. Fall head over heels with Love Unlimited. And so the Love Unlimited Ms. Marvel and Red Dagger series is written by Nadia Shamas with art by Natasha Bustos and Ian Herring. So it's a really wonderful team on there and the the story behind it is ms marvel and red dagger have shared a kiss but not their secret identities when they team up to investigate a series of relic thefts the chemistry is off the scale will they find the courage to take off the masks and give love a chance all right well those are a whole bunch of comics but ryan Mm. you do another podcast i do which is okay i guess um (laughs) We accept it over here. What's going over on Marvel's pull list this week? Yeah, so this week we have Marvel Comics editor Sarah Brunstad. She's on to do a reading club discussion about X-Factor, the Peter David run from the mid to late 2000s. Specifically, she wanted to talk about issue number 45, though we do talk about issues like 39 through 46, because that's what's in the collection. But in 45, we believe is the first major gay kiss in Marvel Comics. So it's Richter and Shatterstar. So it's a big pride chat there. But we also talk about the upcoming Marvel's Voices Pride comic, which we'll be talking more about here on TWIM as well in time because it's coming up in the next couple weeks. But uh, Sarah edited this new anthology for Marvel's Voices Pride, and it's real fun. And our picks of the week this week for the new comics on sale are Amazing Spider-Man number three, Marauders number three, and Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor number one, which Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor number one is so flipping good if you do not have it already because it's already available go get it right now digital print whatever you you need it's really great issue it's so good all right let's move on to our interview we of course as promised have toby donovan who plays isaac in the netflix series heartstopper it was adapted from a comic book you know we love comic book over here on this week in marvel heartstopper is the sweet story of two young men who are in high school in England and they fall in love and it's a coming of age story, a story of recognizing your sexuality and identity as you grow up and overall healing. It's just such a nice show. Both myself and producer Isabel Robertson have watched it potentially too many times because it is such a good show. It is so delightful and we love love. So let's do it. Let's talk to Toby Donovan, who plays Isaac on the show, who is a quiet but well-read friend in this mix of wild and wonderful characters. Hi, Toby. How you doing? Hello. Hi, guys. I'm good. How are you? Oh, we are so great. We love the show. We've been just enjoying the heck out of it. My heart grew so many sizes in my chest. I couldn't believe it. But we got to talk about a little bit of Marvel because we've heard that you're a big Marvel fan. What's your Marvel origin story? How did you first encounter the characters in the universe? Oh, origin story. I like that. Um, My Marvel origin story, I think probably just going to the cinema as a kid and watching all of the movies, one of the early ones for sure, and just being like, utterly transported and amazed by what was going on in front of me 
and then as a teenager kind of getting into a couple of comic books a little bit more and like really diving into the movies and like just becoming utterly obsessed and yeah I haven't really grown out of that yet (laughs) never grow out of it it's okay (laughs) we've made lives out of embracing Marvel do you remember what the comics were that you really started to dig into do you know what I always struggled with reading at school so I read I think it was like some kind of young avengers thing Ah. and it was wiccan on the cover underneath like scarlet witch doing something crazy and like all these superheroes around wiccan and yeah children's crusade young avengers children's crusade Mm -hmm. yes that sounds that sounds about right yeah it's so good it's so good (laughs) um obviously that's that's a great comic do you have a favorite marvel movie Yes. My favorite Marvel movie. I love them all for different reasons, but I think I would have to say Captain America, The Winter Soldier, just because I think it's just such a well-executed movie on so many levels. Like, it's a great spy movie. It's a great superhero movie. It's a great, like, crime, political crime story thing going on. Yeah, I just, I think it's perfect. High praise. Also, I'm glad you read Children's Crusade. It feels very relevant these days, given what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you have an all-time favorite Marvel character? Scarlet Witch, probably. My absolute fave. And yeah, like you say, very relevant at the minute, considering Doctor Strange just coming out and everything going on there. But um, yeah, I just always not connected with her because I guess sometimes she's a bit crazy, but I kind of like that. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen Marvel Studios WandaVision and Marvel Studios Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? I have seen both of those projects and was just blown away, like utterly obsessed. What is it about Wanda as a character that you connect with and enjoy about her? I don't know. I think she has a really cool power, which is like kind of she can do anything really. So that's like amazing. And I guess I sort of connected with her being a mum and also like being a superhero and yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was really cool that Marvel said, like, I'm a mom, I've got two kids, and I'm also balancing being a superhero with all of that. Do you know what I mean? I thought it was like, yeah, moms are cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> Have you, you know, geeked out with any of your fellow Heartstopper cast members or, or crew or anybody about Marvel? Or what do you guys like geek out about when you're on set? <laughs> when we're on set, there's a lot of like silly games and not we don't normally do lots of like deep dive conversations as much as I'd wish to but um there's definitely some Marvel fans in the cast for sure yeah I did appreciate obviously there is a salacious bit of slander in the series the character Tao does not like Marvel Studios Avengers he does not and he is a big movie buff how did that that feel for you because I saw that you took to TikTok to straighten some things out (laughs) Yeah, very Gen Z of me, like having, (laughs) putting all of my feelings on TikTok. Yeah, I remember on that day as well, every time Will said that line, just a little part of my heart broke. I was like, no, (laughs) please don't say that. Um, But I think it's very true to his character. His character is a proper like film buff, really artsy films. And I feel like he was one of those people that secretly would love all the Marvel Studios movies, but just pretend he doesn't to be cool. (laughs) For you personally, what other fandoms are you into? Are you a sports guy? Do you love anime? Are you like into rom-coms? What's your deal? What what else are you into? Oh, good question. I'm not really into sports. (laughs) I don't know. I just love going to the movies. I think that's my main thing. Like Marvel movies aside, I love cinema and I love 
theatre. I love going to the theatre and watching plays and musicals. Um, yeah. Ooh, musicals. Now, Ryan yeah. and I mm-hmm. both really like musicals. Yeah, we're both in New York City, so we're Broadway so close. Oh, I'm so jealous. Oh, my gosh. Hopefully you're near the West End. You can go catch some theatre there. What's your all-time or like what are some of your all-time favorite musicals if you had to pick i really really love a musical called waitress which was on broadway recently again i think it's that like mother story which i really loved i love les mis like that's just an absolute classic Mm -hmm. kind of anything really i don't very often leave the theater like oh god that was rubbish i wish i hadn't been there yeah, I admittedly, I sob at the end of every musical. It doesn't matter if it's a comedy, <laughs> yeah, if it's a drama. Too. I just like, it's, it just makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Heartstopper, for those who don't know, is based on some comics. Obviously, we talked a little bit about comics. But for you, what was it like, you know, appearing in an adaptation of a comic book? Did you look at the source material as you were, you know, thinking about the show and working through it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, having like drawings of these sets that we were walking into was just like the most incredible research that you could ever do it's like we could all of us read the comics before and really like immerse ourselves in the world so that when we were reading it's sometimes quite difficult to read a script and sort of imagine what's going on but um we could read through our scripts and just refer back to the corresponding scenes in the comic books and be like oh okay I sort of see it now do you know what I mean I love the effect that happens in the series where whenever someone has like butterfly feelings that stars and hearts and leaves kind of whisk around their head and it feels very comic booky and so nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? It really is so it's just <laughs> like I just want everyone to watch the show so we can talk about it because I just <laughs> truly enjoy it so much. Um, and I think it's really sweet. Your character, Isaac, is a really voracious reader. You've always got a book open in every scene. Mm-hmm. I know you said you didn't read a ton in school, but are you a big reader? And have you delved into any of those books? Because I've seen people are like actually trying to read all the books that you were reading. Yeah, so lots of people are like setting themselves the challenge of going through all of Isaac's books, which is like crazy to me because there's some big books in there (laughs) but um yeah I mean Isaac's definitely inspired me to become more of a reader I've never really like got into it before I guess because I have dyslexia and through school especially in the UK it's very like difficult if you aren't good at reading or writing um so I, I struggled with that through school and sort of built up this block of like oh yeah I can't do reading and then when I got this part it was like okay I have to do reading let's like work out a way that I can get in the headspace of someone who reads all the time. And um, yeah, like it's really helped me. I've found a sort of newfound love for it. It's quite relaxing, like just sitting there with a book, looking out. I have a nice like window that I can look out to my garden and sit in a chair with my book, which makes me feel like a little old man, but I love it. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best. And I I have to say, for people with dyslexia, comics are amazing. Yeah. Because it really helps your brain refocus having that art there. I think it like or folks with ADHD or those kinds of things, it definitely helps your brain focus a little bit with having that art. So definitely love yeah, it. Yeah, 100%. That too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was sitting on my courtyard this morning overlooking the street with a cup of coffee and I was reading Spider-Man comics. And it's like, it's really nothing better than that. Yeah, Just saying it's hi a to little neighbors. piece of heaven, isn't it? Yeah. For any of our listeners who have not seen Heartstopper yet, can you please describe the show? Tell us what it is and a little bit about your character, Isaac. 
Yes, so Heartstopper is based on a series of graphic novels by Alice Oseman, who's the most incredible author. And um, we sort of follow the love story of two boys, Nick and Charlie, in a British grammar school, an all-boys school, and um, them falling in love and coming to terms with their own sexualities. And we sort of explore their whole friend group and everyone in this friend group's different identities and where they fit on this sort of queer LGBT whatever how they fall under those brackets and where they are on their journeys as well in terms of coming out and coming to terms with who they even are or like for my character Isaac he's very early on in that journey so he's spends a lot of time reading books he is really close friends with Charlie Tao and L and they sort of Isaac's there to help them in this first series along their journeys and be a bit of a a protector a bit of guidance for them all yeah I love it so much Isaac is kind of like the calm in the storm (laughs) and such like a sweet soul and the show has just really blown up I'm just seeing so much from your fan base and I like to think we have the best fans in the world over here at Marvel but (laughs) you guys definitely have some incredible fans as well what is it like to suddenly be part of something that's just exploded and is now sort of a phenomenon yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy, you know. I think when we were making the show, we all knew that we had something special. We were like, for me, I'd never seen anything like that on TV before when I was growing up. So I was like, this is going to be really important for people to watch. But beyond that, we kind of thought it would stay in its sort of niche and stay for, for queer people to love and enjoy and have a sort of a diehard fan base there. But yeah, to watch it explode, and especially on social media, like... I can't open my phone without seeing Heartstopper things. It's it's crazy. Like the love is so overwhelming and so welcomed. All of us really love it. What you said is something you haven't always seen. And that sort of representation means a lot to people. It's really important. Lorraine and myself and our producer, Isabel, we were talking about our own journeys through yeah. you know, how we feel and how we look at our own queer identities. And it's it's a journey that really never ends. You know, and it's it's great that there's this show that I think touches a younger audience in ways that we didn't really have the same. So it's really sweet. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that positive queer representation is obviously so special. And you've really touched a lot of people very quickly. Toby, this is a very important question. Do you feel that with great power comes great responsibility? (laughs) Yes, a very famous question. And always great power comes with great responsibility, I think. Yeah, especially in the hearts of the world. This story is so important to, like you say, to young queer people growing up now, but I think also to that older generation who sort of have a bit, I've seen on Twitter people saying it's a bit melancholy, like watching it back and and your heart breaks a little bit that you never had that when you were a kid. And like, I relate to both of those so much. So yeah, there was a real responsibility to to get it right when we were making it, but um, I feel like we did a good job. You know, something Isabel and I were talking about earlier was, you know, We think it's also such a great thing for parents to see, you know, seeing how Olivia Coleman's character deals with her son coming out and what that can look like. I don't know that that's modeled a lot on screen to a wider public. And so that can also be a really valuable, wonderful thing. I definitely think it's been super important. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, like you say, obviously, Olivia Coleman is just one of the most incredible actresses currently walking the planet but um yeah that character is written so beautifully in that moment between Nick and his mom it's just like it's magic 
And I think for parents to have that sort of resource to show their kids and to say, look, this is what Nick went through. And does that feel similar to what you went through? Or does that feel really different to what you went through? And to open those conversations with their children, I think it's like, yeah, such a powerful thing that we've been able to do. For sure. Before we let you go, you know, I was thinking about the comics that you mentioned. You love the cinema. If you get a chance, Young Avengers would be great. A lot of Loki comics. Loki, Agent of Asgard would be real good. I think you did that. Yes. I'm so jealous you beat me to this because (laughs) Young Avengers is also written by a British duo, Jamie McKelvey and Kieran Gillen, Mm. but is also just, it's lots of Wiccan, Hulkling, just a really great team teen vibes oh i'm such a big wiccan fan and there's lots of runaways comics too that i think if you like wiccan in his story and in the world around him and scarlet witch i think there's really cool stuff that they do with the characters in runaways that i think you'll dig too yes thank you for the recommendations oh my gosh gonna have to do some research now (laughs) i'll send you a little curated reading list so you can dig in (laughs) would love that thank you (laughs) thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us and hang out Everybody go watch Heartstopper so that your heart can just be healed and feel the love. <laughs> Thank you so much, Toby. Thank you for having me, guys. This has been so much fun. All right, it is time for our question of the week section, our community section. Next week, we are going to have on Oscar Montoya from HBO's Minx series, a true ding-dang delight of a human being to have on the show. So we're looking forward to having him on the show next week. So we were thinking, because this week was the first episode of Marvel Studios' Ms. Marvel, our question of the week this week is, what was your favorite moment from Marvel Studios' Ms. Marvel episode number one? And of course, try not to get too spoilery. We're going to have some minor spoilers in ours, I guess, but, you know, nothing too crazy. But uh, yeah, be forewarned, there may be spoilers-ish. There's a lot you can choose from, I think. Of course, there's the AvengerCon announcer. Um, his yep, big everybody's moments. favorite moment. <laughs> yep, favorite moment. The uh, three seconds that uh, they see AvengerCon announcer on screen, which is always good. No, um, for me, it's just like all the world building, seeing who Kamala is in this world. Also, I think the graphics are so cool oh my gosh. in the series and in that first episode, especially as they're kind of establishing the world and her creative mind. I love sort of seeing the world through Kamala's eyes and all of the art that goes with that. So cool. Yeah, I would go with all that. The guidance counselor. I love him so much. (laughs) He's great. There's a really funny bit with him. All the interactions, like you say, the world building is tremendous. It's snappy and it's funny. And of course, you know, Kamala Khan is a Marvel superhero. So there's... Those big moments, especially as we, you know, get to that part of the episode. Yeah, so you can tweet us your answers using hashtag This Week in Marvel. Email them to twimpodcast at marvel.com, or you could send us a message on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash This Week in Marvel. And of course, as always, please tell us if it is okay to read on the show. So the question of the week last week was, what Marvel character would you like to go to a pride parade with? Which brings me joy just thinking about all of these answers. First up is Karis Pollard at A. Karis Pollard, who says, it has to be Hulkling. Not only because I love Teddy, but I get nervous in crowds and he's so thoughtful as well as muscled. I'd feel totally safe with him. Oh, and I might get to meet Wiccan too. Mm. Super great points, Karis. And if like you're feeling too surrounded, 
quickly. He would grow wings and he could fly you like up and out of any situation that you felt too nervous about. Is it someone who sometimes gets a little anxiety in, in a crowd? That is a dream ability. Yeah. <laughs> this is too awkward. <laughs> I'm away. <laughs> All right, next, Spevo at Steve Spevak, who says, Can I just say Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey's Young Avengers team? Wiccan, Hulkling, Hawkeye, aka Kate Bishop, Kid Loki, Novar, and America Chavez. This team helped me so much in finding my own pride, and it would be so fun to celebrate with them. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. That's a great answer. Mm -hmm. That's so good. M at E underscore M underscore H says, I would want to take Destiny to a Pride Parade. She grew up in the 19th century and then was dead for a long time, both in continuity and publication, so I want her to be able to openly celebrate being a lesbian with her wife, and that is the greatest answer ever, and it's, like, so sweet. Also, she would be like, don't step there. Someone's going to throw up. Don't go over there. <laughs> like, someone's going to dance into you. Her precognitive abilities would also be helpful in keeping you nice and safe at the parade. That's amazing. Next up, Alex Rogers at A Raj2288 says, obvious answer is to go with Mystique, which is like going with everyone. Um, that's right. You could get into like any party, do anything, because you're just like, Mystique, you're Lady Gaga. Get us in. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Michael Polyard at Michael Polyard tweeted, Squirrel Girl or Mr. Sinister? Oh my God. Squirrel Girl would just be super fun and she'd be having like the most fun time and mm -hmm. like the squirrels would probably be coming and telling her oh, over here you got to look at this person and da, da, da. Mr. Sinister would be the cattiest most amazing <laughs> person yes I love it next up we've got Bradley Burgess at the nerd Bradley Nico Minoru, I feel like she would have to be convinced to go, but would secretly have fun. Yeah, I love a goth kid at a party with rainbows. Like, absolutely, 10 out of 10. Yes, 100%. Kaylee Sherwood at K underscore Sherwood said, well, it would have to be Wanda Maximoff, of course. Yeah, throw a little chaos into pride. Why yeah. not? No one dare would step on you. Mm -mm. <laughs> Paul Wolf at... The Mr. Wolf 12 says, I would love to go to a pride parade with Psylocke or Gambit. Probably Gambit overall, though. Gambit, he's a shifty one. He'd be picking everybody's pockets, but you come home with all the best swag because he would be like, oh, yeah, I got I got all those like I got the beads and the free things they were giving out. And I got this and that. And then I also got some wallets I wasn't supposed to take. Michael W. Anderson at M.W. Anders 4 tweeted, Dazzler! Oh. Allison Blair is an icon, lifelong ally, fantastic fun, and can give us songs and a light show winner. What a great answer, Michael. What a great answer. Kisuki Hoashi at Kisuki Hoashi says, Hit Monkey, I just think he'd really benefit from the environment. That is so sweet. <laughs> oh my God. He yeah. deserves it. He deserves to have a break. Yes, 100%. <laughs> Sophie Bilch at Sophie Fallen tweeted, as a gender fluid person, there is only one answer. Loki. It would be gorgeous when Loki's cape this time is in the colors of our flag. And yes, I would absolutely wear something that matches. Aw, I love mm. that. We also got an email from Grayson Wozniacki who said one word, Loki, which all the right amount of mischief, all the right amount of fun. 
We had a tweet come in from Mountain Meg at Meg Stocker who tweeted, I'd roll up to Pride with Valkyrie, Sylvie, Okoye, America Chavez, and Captain Carter. Because one, they're all amazing women I'd love to party with at the best happy rainbow celebration. And two, I would absolutely love to see these five interact. (laughs) Yeah, that would be a really cool party to be at. All right, next up, we got an email from Deputy Kowalski that said, Ryan and Lorraine, after careful consideration, I would want to go to a pride parade with Gwenpool and Jeff. You just know she'd be down to go, and she would 100% have Jeff wearing a rainbow scarf or something, which would just complete me. But a close second would be Miguel O'Hara. As far as I know, there are no pride parades in 2099, and I feel like he would definitely want the experience. When he gets back home, he may even start his own pride parade. Sorry, now I'm just fanficking. Also, I listen to Marvel's Squirrel Girl, the unbeatable radio show, and I love it so much. Lorraine, you and the team did an amazing job. Koi Boy, a personal favorite, was perfect. Thank you for the gift that is Twim. Here's to many years to come. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad you enjoyed the show and also wonderful answers. Making the future brighter for everybody, even in dystopia. Yes. Thank you, Kowalski. We've got another great email in here from Henry Krieger Kirkman, which was in response to last week's question about deep cut characters. And Henry says, there is no better deep cut character than Paste Pot Pete. Not the Trapster. The Trapster is much worse. Uh, this is Ryan saying hard agree, all of that. Back to Henry. However, since Pacepot Pete was already mentioned, I will go with Klaatu, the giant energy being who is constantly being hunted across the universe by Xeron and Cyborg. Incredible Hulk number 137 is one of the greatest comics ever, and no one will convince me otherwise. I will also never reread it so as not to ruin the memory. Thank you for the great podcast. Not only is the dynamic between the two of you great and fun, you also talk about Marvel. What could be better? And Henry gives a shout out to Marvel's Declassified. Uh, We'll look into that for you, Henry. One thing I wanted to signal specifically about Henry's email is that feeling of like how much you love a comic or whatever it is. And it's in your brain is this one thing. And that feeling of like, if I go back now and re-experience it, what will that mean? Will that change my perspective on it? And I think that can be a little scary. Don't want to go back and reread something because maybe it does not hold up but sometimes it's really fun to get that charge from reading those things or watching those things that you haven't seen in many many years so i understand your feeling not going back to reading that book that you think is like the greatest thing since sliced bread but it'll probably bring you some joy if you do go back and read incredible hulk number 137 henry so We also got an email from our pal Jason Kim, who's showing his support for the late, great George Perez and the Hero Initiative. Thank you, Jason. All right, that wraps it up for us. This episode of This Week in Marvel is produced by Zachary Goldberg, Isabel Robertson, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos. Our senior manager of audio production and development is Brad Barton. Hi, Brad. And Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. Hi, Jill. And special thanks to Thor's biceps. Thor's biceps. They're just big... (laughs) Thor's biceps. Get yours today. (laughs) I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. This is Marvel. Your universe.